0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Proverbs 23. And this morning, we're going to continue talking about the mind. We're going to continue talking about your thinking. Now, last week, we talked about a message, and we called it, Take the limits off. Anybody here? Yes. Now, if you, didn't, if you didn't hear that message, you need to hear that message. Yes. Because this is kind of going to follow that line of thinking this morning. But we talked a lot about your thinking. And one of the main things that limits God in all of our lives is our thinking. Our thinking limits God. It's not God. It's us. How many you know we, we live in a culture that loves to blame everyone else for our issues? right? It's my parents' fault. It's my school's fault. It's my job's fault. It's God's fault. It's the devil's fault. There could be some partial truth in some of that, but at the end of the day, it's usually your thinking. All right. And we're going to continue that line of thinking today in the message. And I really want to talk this morning about changing the way you think, changing the way you think. Now, we're going to read here in Proverbs 23, verse 7. We read this last week, but let me read it to you again. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, so are you. No more, no less. You are right now what you thought about yesterday. You are living today in the harvest of your thought life from yesterday. All of us in here are living to the level of our thinking. Not necessarily living to the level that God wants us to live. We're living to the level of our thinking because as we think in our heart, so are we. Do you realize this morning your thinking is the difference maker between defeat and victory in your life? If you think defeated, you will be defeated. If you think victory, you will be victorious. If you think healing, you will be healed. If you think sickness, you will be sickness. If you think prosperity, you will be prosperous. If you think poverty, you will be poverty. As you think in your heart, so are you. And we have to understand here that our thinking is, can change and needs to change to align with God's word and God's way of thinking if we want to see God's results in our life. And last week, you know, we're not going to get into all that because I got a lot to say today, but we talked about not limiting God in our thinking because it's so important because as we think in our hearts, so are we. The way you think and what you think about is the difference maker in your life. Now, before we go any further, I want to read a couple things from Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Many of you know who she is. Uh, She's a cognitive neuroscientist and also a believer. She's written a lot of great books. Uh, Some of the books are called Switch on Your Brain. It's a well-known book she wrote. But let me read you a few things that she says about thinking and your mind. God designed humans to observe our own thoughts And to catch those thoughts that are bad and get rid of them. Reaction is the key word here. You cannot control the events or circumstances of your life, but you can control your reactions. Listen to this. We are not victims of our biology. We are co-creators of our destiny alongside God. God leads, but we have to choose to let God lead. We have been designed to create thoughts, and from these we live out our lives. You cannot sit back and wait to be happy and healthy and have a great thought life. You have to make the choice to make this happen. You have to choose to get rid of toxic and get back in alignment with God. You can be overwhelmed by every small setback in life, or you can be energized by the possibilities they bring. Listen to this. Thoughts are real, physical things that occupy mental real estate. Moment by moment, every day, you are changing the structure of your brain through your thinking. When we hope, it is an activity of the mind that changes the structure of our brain in a positive and normal direction. If you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought the rest of your life. Let me read that last part again. If you realized how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought the rest of your life. And you know, in her notes here, she wrote that verse, Proverbs 23, 7. As you think in your heart, so are you. As you think in your heart, so are you. So important. Now, as we get going here today, I want you to understand that the enemy comes and his target is your mind. Joyce Meyer wrote that book many years ago and it's still the best-selling book on your mind. It's called The Battlefield of the Mind because your mind is the battlefield. It's not your spirit. When you get born again, the devil can't touch your spirit. Your spirit is made new, made holy, made righteous, but your mind is not saved just because your spirit's saved. Can I get an amen on that one? How <laughs> I many know your body's not saved just because your spirit got saved? We know that too. That's why we play a part in our sanctification. We play a part in our transformation as believers. It's not only on us, but we play a part in that because the Bible says that we have to do something with our mind and with our body. And the Bible says in Romans 12, we need to present it to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. And the next verse says, and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we as believers have to do something with our mind and with our bodies, but specifically the enemy targets you in your mind and in your thinking. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. So the battlefield is the mind. Now, you need to know that so you're ready for when the attack comes. Because it will. If you're thinking that the devil is not going to attack you, he's not going to send wrong thoughts, you are misled and deceived. And that's why a lot of people are shocked when attacks come to their mind. And they don't know how to handle it. But if you know that he's coming, you can prepare. And you can be ready. So as you think in your heart, so are you. Now I'm laying the foundation so we can take off on the airplane. Okay? Here's another foundational thing we need to think about. We need to establish this. When we're talking about thoughts, we're talking specifically about changing the way we think today. When thoughts come to you, you have to understand this. Not every thought you think is from you. Now, I'm going to give you a verse for this and we're going to talk more about this, but you need to understand this. So many people have made the excuse, this is just the way I think. I can't help it. This is just me. Is it? Because the Bible says that Not every thought that you have comes from you. You have a choice. And most people have made that excuse. Well, this is just the way I think. And I can't help it. No, actually, your Bible and neuroscience both says that you can change the way you think. And you can change your brain. And you are not stuck. You are choosing to think in the same old patterns you've thought in. But don't say that's just the way you think. That's the way you've chosen to think. There's transformation that can happen when we change the way we think. So there's three different sources of thoughts that come to you in your life. And I'm going to share with with you in a second those things. But see, this is what happens for believers. If you don't know this, you will think that every thought that comes to you is your thought. And the enemy loves that. Because if he can get you to think that, he will make you condemned and beat up, put yourself down. You know, the devil does this to all of us. He will put a thought of lust in your, in your mind that didn't come from you, and then he will condemn you for thinking that thought, and you feel horrible about it when he's the one who put it there to begin with. But if you just think, I just think this way, you're over there thinking, oh, man, I'm perverted. I got issues. I need to be delivered. Well, maybe you do or maybe you don't. But the enemy is messing with your mind. And if you don't recognize that not every thought that you think comes from you, you accept it into your life like it's normal. And it's not. The enemy will send thoughts to you about yourself that you are dumb and you can't get that job and they will put thoughts of fear and depression and worry in your mind and you could sit there all day and think that's just you and those thoughts are taking over your life and they're from the enemy they're not from you unless you do something about it so there is three sources of thoughts that come to all of us there's god's thoughts there's human thoughts and there's the enemy's thoughts Or we could say there's three voices in all of our lives. God's voice, human voices, and the enemy's voice. But listen to this. The voice we listen to the most will determine the reality we experience. If you listen to the enemy's lies all day long, you will have that reality in your life. If you listen to just other human voices or even your own opinion, you will have that reality in your life. If you listen to, to God's voice in your life, more than anybody else, you will have that reality in your life. But there's three sources of thoughts that come to every one of us. God's thoughts, human thoughts, and the enemy's thoughts. And I'm going to give you one passage of scripture where there's a human being who experiences all three of these. His name's Peter. Everybody's smirking already. Peter gets a bad rap in the Bible. Peter's kind of like me, though. He's passionate, but he also doesn't always think before he says something. But you know what? Jesus kind of liked that. Jesus liked Peter's passion. He liked Peter's attitude. He liked Peter's enthusiasm. He had to correct him at times, which we will see, but he liked Peter. He's a little rough around the edges. But, you know, that same Peter that makes mistakes in the Gospels is the same Peter that Jesus said on this rock I will build my church. And he preached the first sermon on the first day of the early church in the book of Acts and was the leader of the early church, Peter. So just because we've all blown it in here, including myself. Let's not beat ourselves up. God can still use us. God can still redeem us. God can still help us. God can still do something great in our life, even if we made mistakes. Look at the life of Peter. So, Romans, um, we'll, we'll go there in a second. But Matthew, let's go to Matthew first. We'll go to Romans 12 in a second. Matthew 16. So this is one passage of Scripture where Peter has three different Voices that he deals with. Matthew 16 and verse 13, I believe. Let's start here. So when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am the son of man is? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and other, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. Now, what is that right there? He said, who do men, human thought, say that I am? Okay, this is what other humans thought about Jesus. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. Guess what? They were wrong. That was a human thought. Next verse. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood, not a human thought, has revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So we're already a few verses in, and Peter's had human thoughts, and now he's had God thoughts. That Jesus was the son of the living God. That was a God thought. Next verse. And also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. In verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, we're getting to this other part here. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, but be raised on the third day. Okay, we're only a few verses after this part where Jesus said, Peter, you got it right. You did it. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I mean, know, oh, this was a good day for Peter. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And all the rest of the disciples were looking at him like, man, I wish I was Peter today. No, you don't. Yeah. The day's not over. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the time, you know, some of you remember who Dr. Dufresne was. I probably never said a actual sentence that made sense to him in my entire life when he was alive out of fear and trembling. But there was this one time, there's many times, but there's this one time. We were going to go in his office at uh, their church in California, and there was a bunch of people with us, and I happened to be the first person in through the door. Back to Dr. Dufresne, just in his office. I'm the first person through the door. And, jo- and Dr. Dufresne, he's a jokester, and so doctor put his hand up on the door and was like, Password. Password. <laughs> So I had a Peter moment. Oh, I literally blanked. I could not think of my name, where I was. I could not even think of a word. I could have said anything. Do you realize that? I could have said anything in the Bible and could have got in the door. And then right behind me was Pastor Dennis. So we're technically both grandsons, I guess, in the faith. And so he was like, password, Dr. just said, or Pastor Dennis said to Dr. Frayne, holy ghost. And Dr. Frain gave him the biggest hug and was like, yeah, I love you. You got it right and comes on in. And I'm like, <laughs> my favorite grandson right here and my other grandson who doesn't even know how to talk. But this was like what was happening to Peter right then and the rest of the disciples. Jesus was like, Peter's got it, guys. He's my favorite right now. On this rock, I will build my church. You're going to be the leader, Peter. Right. I'll just wait a little bit, Peter. <laughs> then Peter took him. That's Jesus, by the way. He took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. And I guess you could fill in the blanks. There's the enemy's thoughts. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So we see in one passage here, in one day, just like our lives, there was three types of thoughts and voices that came to Peter. There was God's voice. There was human voices, and there was the enemy's voices. And in Peter's case, he responded to all three, just to make sure he didn't miss anything. How many know most of us do the same thing all day long? And we wonder why we have the results we have. Why? Because the voice we listen to will determine the reality we experience. And if you're responding to God, the devil, and people all day long, you're going to have a life that's messed up. You're not going to have what God says in his words. You're not going to think the way God thinks because as you think, so are you. You guys receiving this so far today? Now, let's look over at Romans 12 too. And I need to teach you before I preach today because it's important to get our thinking around this. We're talking about changing the way we think. Romans 12 and verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, all of us in here are either conformed or transformed. Now, the Bible implies that we are conformed just by living in this earth. We automatically think like the world thinks just because we're living here. In the original, this word conformed, the verb tense means it's a process that's already in action. You don't have to do anything about it. You just think this way just because you live in this planet. And if you do nothing about it, your default will be worldly thinking. And the Bible says don't be conformed, but be transformed. This word conformed, once again, it means to... Form, shape, or mold into an image. When we're conformed to the way the world thinks, we're being conformed and shaped into their image. But when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, we're being transformed into Jesus' image. So it's so important that we're not conformed, we're transformed. Now you're going to be conformed if you listen to other people and the enemy's thoughts but you're going to be transformed when you think and you listen to God's thoughts. Now, one translation I read of this was this, they said it this way. Don't let the world squeeze you into their mold, but let God remold your mind. Now, this verse says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. Now, conforming... To the world will lead to death but being transformed to the word will bring life this word transform is different than conformed this word transformed in the original is the word metamorpho which we get the word metamorphosis from it's the same word we use when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, the same word we use when a tadpole turns into a frog. It means to become something completely new, completely different. And it also means to change from the inside out. This word transform means to change from within. So this is what happens. The world tries to conform you from the outside in. Molding you. Shaping you. But God does it deeper work and does an internal work and does an inside job because that's where true transformation happens from the inside out. And this word transform means to change from within. To change and to become completely new. It's an internal change that turns into external changes. So many people in this world are trying to change their life and the results they get, but they're dealing with the fruit, but they need to get to the root. And God gets to the root of the issue and he changes you from the root so it changes the fruit in your life. He changes you on the inside and it changes your outside. He changes your internal so it changes your external. And it's different than being conformed to the world. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or we could say you're transformed by changing the way you think. If you don't understand what I'm saying, when I'm saying, renewing your mind, that's what that means. Changing the way you think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can become a completely different person just by changing the way you think. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. So are you. Are you guys picking up what I'm laying down today? But be transformed. Transformed. Not conformed. Transformed. Changing from within and becoming completely new. That's what God wants for you. But notice it only happens when we change the way we think. More specifically, we change the way we think to think like God thinks. And as we think, so are we. Another word for this word, when we say renew your mind, another word that we could use for this was renovate. So when we change the way we think or renew our mind, it renews and it renovates or completely changes for the better our mind and our thinking. I think that's powerful. Now, I know that um, extreme makeover shows are a big deal, right? right? Yes. <laughs> I know some of you want to send your pastor to probably one of those shows. After the way I've been talking about my clothes lately. <laughs> pastor, you need to go on that show. Let him redesign your look. <laughs> um, but extreme makeovers are a big deal. Um, Extreme home makeovers are a big deal. Fixer-upper, right? It's a big deal. Because people want to renovate. They want to make things new. And renovate means to change for the better. Well, you could do that personally in your own life all you want by renewing your mind. By changing the way you think. You don't have to go on extreme makeover. You don't have to send your letter into Chip and Joanna Gaines for Fixer Upper. You can do that by the word of God in your own life. You can renovate your life. You can renovate your mind. You can renovate your whole life by changing the way you think. For as you think in your heart, so are you. So, can I go a step further here? Now, when we're talking about change in the way we think, there's three things that we need to understand, and I'm going to spend my time here the rest of the service. Because if there's three different types of thoughts or voices that are coming to us, we need to be discerning of where those are coming from, we need to decide which to resist and which to receive. Yes. And if we're wa- wanting to renovate or renew our mind and our thinking and change the way we think, because as we think in our hearts, so are we. We're going to have to do these three things in our thought life. Now, I was thinking about this, you know, like, Mental toughness is like a really big deal like in the culture. Like there's a lot, like we're going two extremes here in the culture. I'm seeing I'm seeing like super soft people that can't take anything, and then like overcorrecting mental toughness. Like I will run hundred miles with a broken leg. Toughen up. Okay, those hey, those are the people I listen to on YouTube. Okay, I'm just saying. Because I feel like I need to be motivated sometimes. But, you know, mental toughness is a good thing. I'm not talking about abusing yourself. I'm not talking about talking down to yourself. But I am talking about the, the importance of having a strong mind. Yes. There we go. Because if you're going to have a strong life, you're going to have to have a strong mind. Yes. And if you're going to be able to do what God has called you to do and not stop and not quit, yeah. when other people or even the devil comes against you, you're going to have to get tough in your mind. You're going to have to get strong in your mind. You're going to have to get disciplined in your mind and in your thinking if you're going to do what God has called you to do. You can't be soft. you got to be strong in your mind. Now, we do that through the Word of God, but there's three things I want to talk about in a second here because we need to be strong in our mind and in our thinking. So the first thing I want to say is this if we're going to change the way we think, we have to resist the wrong thoughts. James 4 and verse 7. James 4 and verse 7. So humble yourselves before God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice what it says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you you. If we're going to have a strong mind and change the way we think, we're going to have to resist the wrong thoughts in our life. Yeah, Once again, you're going to have all different types of thoughts that come to your life that aren't always from you. But I love this. Brother Hagen said it like this. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can't stop one from making a nest in it. It's the same way with your thoughts. You can't stop thoughts from coming to you because they're going to come from God, they're going to come from the enemy, and they're going to come from other human beings. You can't stop that from happening, but you can choose whether it makes a nest in your head. You can not choose whether it stays there and starts growing in your life. You can stop and resist that that thought starts becoming part of you and you start meditating and thinking about it and it becoming part of your life now. You can resist the wrong thoughts. Hear me, church family. Don't believe the lie that you can't help it. Man, there's so little amens with such good preaching today. Don't say that you can't help it. Hear me here. I've been there. And there was a time in my life I was having extreme panic attacks, extreme depression, extreme anxiety. And my mind every day from the morning, the time I got up in the morning to the time I went, was completely bombarded with thoughts. And for a while there, it was overtaking me. And I was thinking, I'm losing my f- mind. I'm going crazy. What's going on? And, you know, I had to hear somebody else's voice other than mine to remind me again. I remember it was a message I heard from Keith Moore. And he said, listen to me. Your mind is your your mind and you have control of what happens in your mind. But if the enemy can make you think that you don't, he will run your mind over and create a nest in your head. I don't care how strong it feels, I don't care how many thoughts are bombarding you. At the end of a day, you can still choose to resist the wrong thoughts. And hear me, people. Some days it might be a couple hundred times you got to resist the wrong thoughts. That's why so many people give up. They're like, well, I resisted and it came back. Yeah. And the stronger you get at resisting it, the less it will happen the stronger you will get because the enemy will know I can't get in there because I am being resisted. And the Bible says because of our authority in Jesus, when we submit to God, we resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come on, I need to go somewhere, church family. You got to go with me this morning. Resist the wrong thoughts. The Bible says, It's not just another verse. It says if you resist him, he will flee from you. I didn't say he wouldn't come back. But resist him again. He will flee from you. You know, you need to think about this. We resist thoughts that come to us that are wrong because if we let them stay, then they become a stronghold in our life. The roots start growing down deeper and deeper into our life. And then it's a little bit harder to get out. Now, we're going to come back to that point later. But here's a good filter when, when we're resisting thoughts. How does that thought make you feel? So maybe you don't know the word as much as somebody else. That's okay let's just start here how does the thought make you feel you can know whether to resist it or not here's some answers for you today if those thoughts make you feel depressed or fearful or despair or condemnation or guilt or worry or weakness or confusion or suicide they're from the enemy they're not from God and those thoughts do not need to be welcomed they do not need to be padded. They need to be kicked out of your life and resisted so they don't get in there. It's real easy because you realize every time you think something, there's feelings that go with those thoughts. Now, on the opposite side of this, how does those thoughts make you feel? If it feels like peace, faith, hope, joy, joy, Encouragement, strength, it's from God. Keep thinking about that. But if it's not, if it's those opposite things, you need to resist it and say, you are not getting into my life. Now here's a verse to write down, Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. It says, those who think about sin, and we could say, the enemy's thoughts leads to death, but those who think about the things of God leads to life and peace. Yes. There's an interesting stat that I was reading, and it said this. The average person has 60,000 thoughts a day, and 80% of those are negative And you know what? Most people don't resist any of those. So you think about all of us in here, or just anyone you know, the rates of depression and anxiety and fear and worry are through the roof in this country and around the world. Well, no wonder if you think 60,000 thoughts and 80% of those are negative, and you do nothing about them other than receive them, eat your haagen and get under the covers, guess what? You will continually be worried, depressed, anxious, fearful, if they're not resisted. It's interesting that stat shows you as well that that verse about being conformed is so true. It's already happening to everyone, whether they're trying to or not. They're being conformed to this world. And this world's way of thinking is negative. It takes no effort to be negative. It takes no effort to complain. It takes no effort to be grumpy. It takes no effort to be angry. It takes no effort to be pouty. It takes no effort to be a negative, pessimistic person. No effort. Why? Because it's the flow of this world. It's conforming you. So you think 60,000 thoughts, 80% are negative. That means that 80% of the time you should be resisting. Are you hearing me today? Not accepting, resisting wrong thoughts that are not from God. And trust me, the more you do that, what's going to happen? It's going to get easier. Your mind is going to start changing. Your mind is going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And now you're not going to be thinking 80% negative. You're probably not going to be thinking 10% negative because your life is going to be so saturated with God's word and God's way of thinking. As you think, so are you. Let's read a verse here in Philippians 4. You getting something this morning? Philippians 4 verse 8. Listen to this passage that the Apostle Paul says here. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. That means set your thoughts on this and don't let them move from this. Notice what he says to fix our thoughts on. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, think about these things. That are excellent and worthy of praise. And notice what happens in verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace. Let's just leave this right here. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Then the God of peace. no, No, I want peace. Okay. Think about the right things. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, that's where it comes from. You have to think about the right things if you want peace in your life. You have to think about the right things if you want joy in your life. you got to think about the right things if you want prosperity in your life. you got to think about the right things if you want healing in your life. No, you just want to be prayed for and it happened. That's not the way it works. The Apostle Paul says, think about these things and then, guess what? The God of peace is going to be with you. Because there's not going to be any more room in your mind for anything else other than peace if you're thinking about the right things. But let's jump back to verse 8, what it says. This is a good verse. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And we're still talking about resisting the wrong thoughts. And I got two other things to say resisting the wrong thoughts. So we realize if your thoughts do not line up with a verse like this, they should be resisted. Now, your pastor's not a perfect person, but I haven't been to a lot of clubs in my life. I said, I haven't been. I got other issues, but it's not the club. Even though I feel like people at the club would like me. Come on now, somebody. Come on, where's my worldly people at? You all all love me. Yeah, they would love you in the club, Pastor. I know they would. (laughs) Okay, let me get to my point. But there's something about clubs or high-end parties that they have they got a guest list and they got a bouncer at the door or a couple bouncers at the door and this is what they do they, they grab the paper and if you try to get in there and you're not on the list you're getting resisted can we bring that verse back up here you need to be like this in your life and in your mind. If people can do this for a club and a party that does not matter, how much more your thought life in your mind that does matter and affects your entire life. You need to have your list out every day of your life and you need to be the bouncer of your own mind every day. And this is what you tell to every thought that does not line up with God's word. You say, if your name is not true... You ain't getting in. If your name's not honorable, you didn't make the cut, bud. You're getting resisted. If your name's not right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise, you're not getting in my mind and you're not getting in my life. You're gonna get resisted. If people can do that for a club, how much more your thought life? God didn't even make you guess on who gets in and who doesn't. He gave you a list. If if those names are not on the list. No. You're getting resisted. We need to resist the wrong thoughts. And what did it say in that next verse? And when you think about the right things, you fix your mind on these things and you don't let any other thing get in. The peace of God. Isn't that what we're all looking for? We're all searching for. We're all trying to take substances to get. We're all trying to go to therapy to get. We're all trying to change everything in our life other than our thinking to get. But if we fix our thoughts on the right things, it says the peace of God will be with us. So we need to resist the wrong thoughts. You getting something so far? Two more things. And I didn't mean for this all to start with R, but I guess there's a lot of R's today. Renewing, renovating, (laughs) restoring. Well, we talked about, you need to resist the wrong thoughts. Here's the next thing. You need to remove wrong patterns of thinking. You need to remove wrong patterns of thinking. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10. In verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, I need to be a good pastor to you today. And a lot of times people have read these verses and thought they're just talking about prayer and spiritual warfare. And, you know, those churches that wear like army fatigues (laughs) to church because we just were fighting demons. I'm going to go rent a helicopter and fly it over New Albany and command all the evil spirits to leave. Listen, you need therapy and you need help. You don't need to be running the church, okay? This whole passage is not talking about those things. It's talking about the warfare is in your mind. For the weapons, notice, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If we're going to change the way we think, we have to resist the wrong thoughts, but then we have to remove wrong patterns of thinking. It's interesting in this verse, it says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds. Now, stronghold is a way of thinking that has imprisoned you. We've been mentioning over the past few weeks why so many people say, I'm stuck. Well, you're stuck because you have a stronghold in your mind. Or I just think this way, and this is the way I've always thought. True, because you got a stronghold. And you're going to have to do something different to change and remove that stronghold from your life and your thinking. It can be done. It might feel like you're really imprisoned by it. It might feel like I can't help it. But God's word says that through Him, we can pull down and break these strongholds in our life, and we can bring every thought into obedience with Christ. We need to remove wrong patterns of thinking. You know, one of the names given for. Satan is, he's the father of lies. He's a liar. And he gets to us by giving us thoughts that are lies. And when we believe them, then he gets a stronghold in our life. Now, it's amazing to me, there's so many people at church who are like, Oh, Satan is a liar. The devil is a liar but you live like he's telling the truth. <laughs> so you just being preachy and churchy when you're saying that the devil is a liar. Well, you're living like he's telling the truth all day long because when he sends you thoughts of fear, you believe it. When he sends you thoughts of worry, you accept it. You're just like, yeah, 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 I'm worried about that. But in church, you're like, no, he's a liar. The devil's a (laughs) liar. You're just being churchy and religious. You don't believe anything. But you believe him Monday through Saturday when he talks to you. No, the Bible says that we need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we need to realize if the enemy's talking to us, he's lying. And when we believe a lie, it creates a stronghold in our thinking. Rick Renner said this about stronghold. A stronghold is a well-defended lie. That could be anything in your life. It could be, I'll never get this job. I'll never lose weight. I'll never be healthy. I'll never get over this relationship. I'll never. My family will never break out of poverty. I'll never get this education. I'll never have a healthy marriage. My kids will never come back to God. All those are well-defended lies and strongholds that the enemy is putting in your mind. But the Bible says we got a choice. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down and breaking of strongholds. And that we can bring every thought back to the obedience of Christ. You guys need to understand this. The devil's defeated, but he's not dumb. He said a long time to think about how to trick people before you were ever born. It's like, the devil's dumb. No, he's not. He's a master at telling lies. And guess what the lies sound like? Very close to truth. You wouldn't believe them if they sounded unbelievable. He's a master at telling lies to you. He's a master at tricking you. He's a master at doing these things. That's why we need to take every thought captive. And make it obedient to Christ and break down and remove every stronghold in our life and our thinking. And we can do that through God's word. And removing wrong thoughts. The Bible says that we can take a thought or we can cast down a thought. Every thought we think, we have a choice. It's amazing to me that if I handed you a poisonous snake, you would throw it down because you don't want to get bit. But you have thinking that's way more dangerous than that that you think about for years, and you take it into you and think about it every day. If I handed you poison, you wouldn't chug it down and drink it because it would hurt you. But people are doing that with wrong thinking all day, every day. And we can take a thought or we can resist and cast down a thought. We can remove it from our life by our choice and by God's word. Here's what you need to know about removing thoughts in your life you can't outthink wrong thoughts, you got to outtalk wrong thoughts. When thoughts come to you that are not right, you cast them down by your words. And you need to go to God's Word, just like we were saying last week and this week, and decide: am I just thinking this? Is this just what my family's taught me? Is this just, or is this God's Word? Trust me, and I love you so much as your pastor. A lot of us have strongholds in our minds, and we're making excuses for it. And it's hurting you more than you realize. Well, this was just the way I was raised, and this was just my family, and this was just where we're from, and this is just my personality, and this is just... Okay. Keep staying in that stronghold. But I don't know about you. I want to be free. I want to be free. Anybody want to be free here? I don't want any stronghold on my life, any stronghold on my mind, any stronghold on my thinking because it's going to affect me and my future and everyone that's a part of my life. It's the same way for you. Don't have a stronghold. What is a stronghold again? It's a well-defended lie. But if believed, it will become your reality. Here's an interesting th- thought about this. You remember I said there's 60,000 thoughts that you think every day, and 80% are negative? This was interesting as well. They said, but 90 to 95% of those are repetitive thoughts. Wow. What's that? Stronghold. <laughs> so many of you, I can't keep thinking this. I, I just don't know how to break out of this cycle. I keep thinking this way. I can't help it. Stronghold. 90 to 95% of your thoughts are repetitive. You wake up, same thing yesterday. Same thing for lunch, same thing in the afternoon. But the good news is we have a choice as believers. We can break free. We can get out of the strongholds. We can get out of the lies. We can resist the wrong thoughts. We can remove wrong patterns of thinking. We can be set free that we're not in this pattern like the world is that 60,000 thoughts they think are 80% negative and 95% repetitive. That's a lot of unhealthy thinking in most people's brains. We don't have to be that way because of God's word. And lastly, I want to talk about You need to replace wrong thinking with God's thoughts and God's word. Brother Daryl, could you come up and play for me? So what do we say today? You resist the wrong thoughts. You remove wrong patterns of thinking, which can take time, but is doable. We don't have to be held in bondage or in prison the rest of our life. In a stronghold, a well-defended lie, we can break free because of God's Spirit and God's Word. We don't have to be stuck. But lastly, we need to replace those things with God's Word. You know, there's a passage in um, the Gospels. It talks about somebody who got delivered. And Jesus said that if down the road when the enemy comes back and he finds it empty, he comes back stronger than he was before. So yeah, we need to resist the wrong thoughts and we need to remove the wrong patterns of thinking. But that empty place, we need to replace it with something else, something healthy, something right. And that's God's word. So when the enemy comes back, it's not empty. There's a new stronghold. But this stronghold is based off truth. This stronghold is based off healing and wholeness. This stronghold is based off God's word. And like the Bible says in Philippians, that that peace of God will mount guard like a garrison around our thoughts and on our mind because we replaced it with God's way of thinking and God's word. But where do we find these thoughts? Well, when we're looking at God's word to replace it, we need to understand a few things, and I'm going to read from Isaiah 55 in verse 7. Did you guys get something today? I feel like you're with me today. I appreciate it. I love, I love the way God talks to us sometimes. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's stop before we read the rest of this right here. So God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. But my thoughts are higher than your thinking. My ways are higher than your thinking. Okay, now here's the question. Well, how how am I going to get there? Either I gotta go up or he's gotta come down. Something gotta happen. Because if his his thoughts and ways are way up here, and this is what this is what God did for us. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and did not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word come on that's good that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it this is what God did for us all of us don't think like God We all have went our own way. We all don't know how to get back home. We all don't know what's right. And he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, as high as the heavens. But you know what happened? God loved us enough. He sent us his word. And he said, since my thoughts are up here, he said, just like the rain comes down, His word came down. Just like the snow comes down, his word comes down. And when the rain and the snow comes down, it says it waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud and produce and prosper. The same way, so shall my word come down into your life and into your thinking. And when it does, it's gonna be just like the rain came down. Your mind is gonna start changing. Your ways are going to start changing. So shall my word be that comes down out of my mouth. And when it comes down, it will be like that picture it just said. Things in your life will start growing. Things in your life will start budding. Things that were dead will start growing again because the word came down and changed you from the inside out. And it says because that word came down, everything that you put your hand to will prosper because you replaced your thinking with his thinking and you replaced your ways with his ways and you replaced other voices with his voice and the word comes down just like the rain and the snow and it waters our life and makes it grow. And it heals us, and it changes us, and it strengthens us, and it gives us peace. And people will look at your life and say, I don't know how you go through that kind of stuff. And you still seem strong. I don't know how you handle that, and you still haven't lost your mind. It's not me. It's the word came down and it changed the way I think and it changed my ways and it changed the way I live and it's healed me and it's restored me and it's given me a new future and it's given me a new life and all things are passed away and all things have become new because I've let the word get in my mind and replace all that old thinking with new thinking his thinking Are you receiving this today? Come on, is anybody thankful for the word? We are not alone. God said, I know you guys don't get it. Here you go. You guys are like, what am I supposed to do? God's like, here you go, guys. You need some answers. You need some ways to start thinking differently, here's some of my thoughts. And when you do that, it's like the rain and the snow that causes everything to grow. In the Gospels, Jesus said, in Matthew 4, when he was tempted, the enemy came to him and tempted him, and he did all three of these things. The enemy said, if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, you should do this. And all three of those times, Jesus resisted him. And then he removed the wrong thoughts. But every time he quoted him the word, he replaced it with God's word. I got two more verses. I know we're we're over time today. Golden Corral will still be hot when you get there. James 1, in a new living. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and notice what it takes and humbly accept God's word. How do you humbly accept God's word? You say, God, you're smarter than me. Your ways are better than me. Your thoughts are better than me. I'm not going to be defensive about my wrong way of thinking. God, you know better than me. And so we humbly accept God's word has he has planted in our hearts for it has the power to save your souls. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions? God's word has the power to save your soul. Save your mind. Save your thinking. That's what God's word can do. One last verse. I want to read it in the message because it really shows it well. Back to Isaiah 55. Man, did you guys get something today? I'm glad I came to church. Are you guys glad you came to church? Come on. In the back there, are you guys glad you came to church? Come on. I got something today. We're changing the way we think as a church. Man, God has so many answers for us. Yes. Isaiah 55 in the message. <laughs> I don't think the way you think. God speaking. The way you work isn't the way I work. For us, the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. But just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they water the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words, notice, that come out of my mouth, not come back to me empty-handed. They'll do the work I set them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Notice, and this is what your life will be when you accept God's word. So you'll go out in joy. Come on, does anybody believe that today? And you'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and the hills will lead the parade, bursting with song, and all the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with their applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes in your life. With stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. Come on, can you stand up today? Man, that's what your life's going to be when you put God's word in it and you replace your thinking with his thinking. Could we lift up our hands for a moment if you feel comfortable with that? Father, we love you today. And we thank you today for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you it's helping us, it's changing us, it's transforming us. Father, I pray for everyone in here. We are deciding, we are changing the way we think as a church. We are changing the way we think as families, as individuals. And Father, we are going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father, I pray for an extra boldness on your people to resist the wrong thoughts in their life to remove those patterns of thinking that have held them back and father that we would all in here replace it with your ways of thinking yes. in your word father we thank you that that's what we are going to be at this church i pray for every person in here that their life is going to look like the verses we just read it's going to be growing it's going to be changing It's going to be bearing fruit. And Father, we're going to go out with joy and be led with peace because we replaced our thoughts with yours. Father, we love you today. We thank you today. Can we just thank him for his help for us today? Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for sending us your word. Sending us your word. Sending us your spirit. That we're not alone. We're not helpless and hopeless, but we have you. And Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending us your spirit as well. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, Father. We love you today. We love you today. I pray over everyone in here that you would, by your Spirit, help us to discern strongholds in our life. I feel this over several people in here. The Holy Spirit's going to put his finger on some thinking in your life, and you need to be open to what he has to say. He's trying to help you, and he loves you, but you got to listen to him. And there's been some strongholds in your thinking in your life, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to help you discern that. So those things can be torn down in your life. And they can be replaced with the right things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we just love you. We thank you again for this day in your house. We thank you so much for the worship team today and the offering and the word that you've spoken to all of us today. I thank you, Father, that everyone that decided to be in this place today, that you're helping us. You're changing us. You're remolding us into your image, into your likeness. And Father, we thank you for it today. I pray a special blessing over your people as they go. And the angels of God go with them to protect them and keep them safe. And Father, we thank you that we're moving ahead as a church. We're moving forward as individuals. We thank you that the best days are yet to come for us. Because we're going to listen to your word. And we thank you for it today. We love you. 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 We thank you. We love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, there's something... um, I said on Wednesday night and if you weren't here on Wednesday night, that's okay. I just said, we got to believe that. um, I believe since mom went to heaven that um, the Holy Spirit's really trying to help us here at church. And I feel it. You don't go by your feelings, but you don't run the good ones off as well. And, um, He's helping us move forward in our life, not just as a church, but individuals. And let's just continue to be in agreement with that. There's Holy Ghost momentum on this house right now. And in our families, and I believe on your children, I believe on everything you're putting your hand to. And the wind of God, which one of the the original words for spirit in the Bible is breath or wind, that the spirit of God comes and he puts some wind in your sails and propels you forward when you've been stuck and he can move you ahead that's beyond what you can do in your natural strength and your natural ability and I believe God is doing that for each person in here today. Now I said it on Wednesday night but some of you weren't here on Wednesday. You need to hear it today. Believe that. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a pastor. But I do know how to hear from God every once in a while. And i believe that god is moving us ahead and the spirit of god the breath and wind of god is putting some wind in our sails and we are moving forward in so many areas i believe that in health in finances in church we're growing i believe there's new opportunities opening up for a lot of you in here I believe there's things changing in your marriage. There's things changing with your children. And I'm speaking to you today because I know God said this to me the other day. No, the Holy Spirit, he's that wind behind you, pushing you. That wind in your sails. Doing what you can't do. Pushing you ahead when you feel like you can't push ahead. He's got momentum behind you. Now, I'm not saying that just about myself. I'm saying that's for everybody in here. Everybody in here. If you receive it, that's for everybody in here. The Spirit of God is pushing me forward. You should start saying it over your life. The Spirit of God's giving me momentum. The Spirit of God's helping me to not be stuck anymore. The Spirit of God is moving me ahead right now. I believe it. I believe it. You know, great things can come out of bad things in your life. Not that God did it. God didn't do it. But, you know, mom going to heaven. In some strange way, I believe it's propelled us, church. It has. And it's going to continue to do so. And you know what? She would be so happy to hear that this morning. It's just different. God's helping us. And he loves us. He's helping us. Yeah, he's propelling us forward. But you know, there's a verse, and I'm going to let you go. I know you're tired of listening to me. No, no. Okay, another hour. No, I'm joking. (laughs) You'll you'll still beat the Methodist to Golden Corral. It's all right. You got 10 minutes. No, you know, when Joseph, he had a rough life. Remember Joseph, the dreamer, thrown in prison, sold by his brothers, accused of doing something he didn't do. And he said, towards the end of his life, the enemy met for evil, but God turned it for his good. I believe that can happen even in the worst situations of your life. God didn't bring it. God didn't do it. The enemy did. I'm very clear about that. But God, if you stay in faith, if you have the right attitude, if you decide I'm going to trust him no matter what, he can turn that situation. And that thing will not be a stumbling block. It will be a stepping stone to your future. And move you forward when the enemy meant to push you back. He can do it. I don't know how he can do it, but he can do it. I've seen it in my own life. And I know for a fact I've seen it in this church. And I feel like that you, Church on the Rock people, you beautiful people here. (laughs) You seem to me, now don't correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Just let me think nice things about you guys, okay? You seem to me like you're more focused than ever to do what God's called us to do at this church. I feel like you're more fired up and determined to do everything that God has for this place. I feel like you're more committed. I see more passion in people I haven't seen passion in in a long time. I've seen more people ready to pray, ready to worship, ready to do what God has called them to do since mom went to heaven. I feel like that's happening. Maybe it woke you up. If it did, good. Wake up. (laughs) But I feel like all of us think about it in the right way. We're going to go ahead. We're going to move in faith and do what God's called us to do. And we're more determined to make the devil pay for everything he's done to this house. He only fights us because he's scared of us. He only fights us because... He's afraid what this church can be. And this church will be everything that God has called it to be. It will be the region changing church it's called to be. It will help people in Floyd County, in Clark County, in Harrison County, in Louisville. It will help this entire region of the state. It's what the prophecy spoken over this house said this house will be. And that's what the fight is about. but he messed with the wrong church. (laughs) Pastor, why do you keep saying this on Sunday mornings? Because you need to hear it. And maybe I need to hear it too. But it's true. And our best days are ahead of us, church family. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. And a big part of us moving forward is changing the way we think. I'll let you go. I talked a long time today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.